Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. And just ask God to meet some needs. James 1, 5, and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. Everybody say faith. With no doubting. Everybody say no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Mark 11, 22 through 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Everybody say faith. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt. Say, does not doubt. In his heart, but believes. Say, believes. That those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, what things, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Say, believe. And you will have them. I just want to preach a message simply entitled this. Our our year is called Dare to Dream. The message today is called Dare to Believe. Just dare to believe. The Lord is going to challenge you today to believe for some things that it may be hard to believe for, but you can do it. I want you to dare to believe in Jesus' name. Let's say a prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray that you would anoint me to speak, help me to get this that you've given to me, help me to get it out in a, in a very easy to understand, a very succinct way. And I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Here at Life Point, we're just coming off of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we've had people new to the Life Point community praying and fasting. Some have joined in who don't even go to this church. And that is just absolutely awesome. I am so excited about that. I mean, if there's anything awesome about fasting, you know what I'm saying. And in Matthew 17, 21, Jesus told us that some things only happen when we pray and fast. Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer and fasting. I don't believe that we change God by our prayer and fasting, but I am convinced that we change ourselves. Prayer and fasting will help us be positioned in such a way to receive from God like nothing else. Lights and sound and music and all that can't take the place of the disciplines of prayer and fasting. So I believe that at the end of the service today, when we pray, we should expect extraordinary things. What if every prayer was answered? Some things only happen because of prayer and fasting. There's been a lot of that that's been taking place. Why shouldn't we expect the extraordinary and the supernatural? Amen. I believe God's going to show up and show out. Listen to this verse in James 5, 14 through 18. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And that's powerful. Is that not powerful? And notice it's a prayer of faith. The prayer of faith, he goes on, the effective Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man like 
uh, with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. It did not rain on the land for three and a half years. He prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. He's saying that's how we can be when we walk in faith. It's the prayer of faith in James. It's not the prayer of doubt. It doesn't say let him pray in doubt. It says the, the prayer of faith. Mark 11, Jesus said that we should believe and not doubt. James 1 said ask in faith and don't doubt. James 5, the prayer of faith heals the sick. That's all faith. And no doubt. Everybody say, all faith and no doubt. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I've had my share of doubts. Can I just be real? I mean, I know I'm wearing a suit and you're like, he probably never doubts anything. I've had my doubts. But uh, I read a little story in the book of Mark chapter 9 about this guy who had a sick son, and he came to Jesus, verse 23, and Jesus said, man, if you can believe, all things are possible. And this father of the sick son looked at Jesus and said, Lord, I do believe, but would you please help my unbelief? I got to struggle with doubt. I believe and at the same time, I've got some doubts. And I'm trying to be all in on faith. But I got these big doubts over here. You know why he has some doubts? Because he had brought that boy to Jesus' followers and they had prayed for him a bunch and nothing had happened. He had had failed faith attempts, failed attempts to get his boy healed. And that brought on more and more doubt. Can you relate? Have you ever prayed something that didn't come to pass? And you're like, I want to believe, but I've been around the block a time or two, you know. Don't want to get overboard, go crazy with it. That's where this man was. He had had some, some failures in the past, but here's the beauty of it. In spite of the fact that he confessed that to Jesus, Jesus healed that boy anyway. Completely healed him and delivered him. It was incredible. And here was this man. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I want to talk to you about that. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. One of them is the gift of faith. You can find this in your Bible. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14. It's mentioned in Ephesians. The gift of faith. The gift of faith. It's, it's a spiritual gift. It's given discriminately as the Holy Spirit wills. I believe in the, the gift of faith. I believe that all of the gifts of the Spirit are temporary manifestations that take place, and then they, they back off. Some people think we get them and keep them and we flow in them. I think we may be accustomed. We may flow in one of the nine or several of them uh, more than any of the others, but I don't, I don't think that we get them and we keep them, and I have that gift. I think that the Holy Spirit gives as is needed. What is the best gift? The gift that's needed at the time. This is not a Bible study on the gifts of the Spirit, but there is the gift of faith. And my understanding of it is this. It's where God basically pulls the top of your head off and pours in faith to where you cannot doubt if you wanted to. You've just got the gift of faith. 
I float in that a few times in my life, and it's just amazing. There is no doubt. I am completely void of doubt. I'm full of faith. But that is a gift of the Spirit that the Lord gives discriminately, as He wills. But you don't have to have the gift of faith to do what Jesus was speaking of in Mark 11. You can speak to the mountain and say, Be thou removed and cast into the sea. I don't believe you have to have the gift of faith. I don't believe you have to have the gift of faith to, to ask and not doubt, as in James 1. Or the prayer of faith will save the sick, James chapter 5. I don't think that's the gift of faith. Here's the bottom line. When it comes to garden variety, faith and doubt, you can have faith and have doubt at the same time. Faith is the stuff of the heart. Doubt is the stuff of the head. Romans 10.10. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And then he goes on. And with the mouth, confession is made. I'm lining my words up with the faith that's in my heart. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Say to the mountain, be thou removed. It's flowing from my heart and not my head. I can have doubts in my head and still have faith in my heart. The question then becomes, where am I going to lean? Upon which of these will I lean? Where am I going to put my weight? On my faith or on my doubt? I choose to lean into faith and speak from a heart of faith or I choose to lean into my doubts, cave into my doubts and speak from my head. And I want to challenge somebody in this room today. You need to dare to believe on this day. You're at the right place at the right time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Faith has a way of connecting you to the power of God. And the power of God has a way of changing every situation that's coming against you. Somebody in this room, you need to hear what I'm saying. The devil's beat you down because of your doubts that are in your head. And you need to understand, you're not weird. That is absolutely normal. That's good news, isn't it? For all the downers in the room, that's good news. For the rest of you, you're lying. You're lying. You're not weird, it's normal. In the Hall of Fame of Faith of Hebrews 11, we see example after example of faith in the heart and doubt in the head. In faith, Noah built an ark. In doubt, Noah got drunk. In faith, Abraham left Ur. But in doubt... He lied like a rug, drug his family all along with him. In faith, Sarah conceived, but in doubt, she laughed at the promise of God as if it could never come to pass in her life. In faith, Moses, I'm talking about people in the Hall of Fame of faith. These are the Hall of Fame right here, baby. And you think you're different. You're like, I can't relate to those people. They're so high up, man. They're in the Bible. It tells the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
thing just like you've got in your life. They had lots of faith, but they had lots of doubts. They just chose, I'm going to lean in to this little bit of faith I got. I'm going to lean into it. I'm going to lean into it. Oh, man, get in. In faith, defeats the Midianites, but in doubt, he needed two fleeces to believe one promise. I'm trying, Greg. My God, I'm trying, man. I feel it. Woo. I could go on. Samuel, in faith, anointed kings, but in doubt, couldn't even raise his sons to serve the Lord. Struggle. In faith, Peter preached Pentecost, but in doubt, he cussed and fussed and denied the Lord, almost caused the church split. In faith, Thomas was one that went out and healed the sick and eventually evangelized India, but in doubt, he denied the resurrection. I won't believe it unless I see it. Doubt. And on and on. What's the solution? Ignore your doubts and lean into your faith. It's real simple, man. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You you can have faith in your heart and doubts in your head. And and I'm going to tell you something. You, You can have a lot of doubt. I mean tons of doubt. Enough doubt to fill up this room, man. Just tons of doubt. And you can have a little bit of faith. Like the size of a grain of mustard seed. But if you will lean into that little bit of faith, it has enough power to support and sustain you and to wipe out all of that doubt. Listen, a lifetime of failure and doubts that have been fed can be eradicated with a moment of leaning into just a little bit of faith. I still got just a little bit of faith. Listen, the devil wants to steal your faith because he knows if I can get it all, then I've got them. But if they still got a little bit... Just a little bit. That's all he needs. That's all the Lord needs. And that's enough to defeat every devil in hell. I told our Go Red team out front this morning. I was in Alexandria the other day, Sunday night, a couple weeks ago. And Vesta Lane Mangan, if you don't know Vesta Lane, Lane's a powerhouse. 94 years old, just preached the house down the other day. You got to go watch her on YouTube. Amazing. Vesta Lane Magnet, Mag, I'm getting like bunching breeze. Vesta Lane Manga, she is just, she's amazing. And I, I went up there and wished Pastor Anthony a happy birthday and had a little thing to do. And, and, uh, and she got a hold of me at this little party afterwards. And I mean, I'm like, you know, happy birthday to you. I'm doing this, you know. Lane gets a hold of me. She grabs me. She's like, Donovan, you got more power on the inside of you than you understand. The devil's terrified of you. The devil can't stop you. You need to go do what God's called you to do. I'm like, happy. Yeah. Somebody needs that kind of pep talk. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Why shouldn't every prayer we pray be answered? Come to him in faith. Speak along those lines in faith and watch what God does. Come on, give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to hurry. I'm almost done in Judea during the ministry of Jesus. It was understood that when a fig tree had leaves, it had fruit also. And in Mark 11, Jesus came across this fig tree that had leaves but no figs. The Bible makes it clear it was not the season for figs. So the tree should not have had leaves. 
Not yet. But it had them anyway. And by having leaves, it was advertising that it had fruit. But it did not. This was false advertising. Jesus was hungry, went out of his way to get figs from this tree because it had leaves. And finding no figs, he cursed the tree. Proverbs 26.2 tells us that a curse always has a cause. And the cause for this curse was the hypocrisy of appearing fruitful but being fruitless. Now, I could preach on that for a minute, but that's not my assignment. So Jesus cursed the fig tree in verse 14. He said these words, no one will eat fruit from you ever again. And he said it out loud, loud enough that his disciples heard it. They heard him say that. No one eat from you ever again. And when he cursed the tree, it looked like nothing happened. Nothing changed. The tree looked the same, still alive. Minutes later, it still looked alive. As they walked towards Jerusalem where they were headed and maybe took a glancing look back towards that tree, it all seemed the same. It was unfazed by the words of Jesus as if it was mocking Jesus. Eventually it was out of sight and out of mind. And they went into Jerusalem to the shouts and accolades of people in the triumphal entry. But then 24 hours later, on their way back from Jerusalem to Bethany, Jesus and his disciples passed that same tree. And to the astonishment of the disciples, That tree was dried up from the roots. Apparently, you hear what I'm saying? The moment he cursed that tree, there were some things that took place below the surface. It was dried up from the roots. The moment he spoke, things started changing. The roots started withering. A shift occurred at an unseen level. Jesus took this teaching moment and he explained to them that what happened to the fig tree was now clearly visible to the naked eye and it was all, now you can see, you want, like, let me take this time to tell you what you can see with the naked eye, what happened to this tree, this was all the result of prayer. Prayer dried up this ficus carica tree within 24 hours of the prayer being prayed. He went on to provide them with details. Everybody say details matter. It was a prayer prayed by a man who had faith in God and was bold enough and humble enough to speak, use his words to express his desire towards a situation that needed to change. And the results were staggering. Let me say that again. It was a prayer prayed by a a man, an individual who had faith in God And was bold enough and humble enough, bold enough and humble enough to speak, to use his words, to go out on a limb because others heard him express his desire towards this situation that needed to change. And the results were staggering. And if you think this just happened because it was Jesus, listen to what he told them. You, is the implied here, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever, I'm a whoever. You're a whoever. Whoever said.
says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. We've already addressed that. But believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I ask you again, what if every prayer we prayed today was answered? Come on. We're not playing church, y'all. In context, he was saying, if you have faith in God like I have, and you pray like I do, put your faith on the line like I did, offering that prayer where others could hear him, then you will see things change like I do. As a matter of fact, you'll command mountains to move. I mean, think of the comparison here. I, I took, I made this tree move. You'll make the mountain upon which the tree is planted move. That sounds like the works that I do, you'll do and greater works than these because I go to my father. I took down the tree. You'll move the mountain. That's us, y'all. That's the New Testament believer. That's the church. That's the promises that the Lord Jesus Christ has made to us. I'm going to tell you something. Today, many in this house have faith in God. And if we're willing to publicly put our faith on the line and believe that those things that we pray are going to change, mountains are going to move, then we're going to see the impossible on this day. Listen, we might not see it immediately, but stand in faith and don't waver because God's moving below the surface and out of the purview of our natural minds. If you want to see some mountains move, you just got to stand in faith and declare something. If you believe it, say yes. Come on now, stand with me right now. Just a Bible study. Jesus made it clear that prayer, the prayer that changes things, can only be prayed by someone prayed by someone who has faith in God. Not faith in their preacher, not faith in religion, not faith in their own abilities, but faith in God. Faith, faith is trust, confidence, reliance upon. If we trust in, place our confidence in, and rely upon God, then we should expect our prayers to be effective like the Lord Jesus's. To the Jewish mind, a mountain was a familiar metaphor for an impossible situation and an insurmountable problem. In Mark 11, Matthew 21, Prayer is equated to speaking to the mountain, commanding the mountain to move. And as we do so with faith in God, our expectations should be high. In one respect, you could say that Jesus prophesied to the tree its future. And what he was saying to us is, you can prophesy to that mountain its future. You've been here, but you are going into the sea. Mountain says, no, I'm not. Doubt says, 
That's dumb. Who do you think you are? I'll tell you who I am. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm seated together with Him in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might. I've been changed. I was dead in my trespasses and sin, but God made me alive in Him. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Listen, I'm not just an American Christian. I'm not just a Pentecostal denominationalized individual. I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. There, I'm filled with the I'm wall-to-wall Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I've got power and authority flowing through me and that challenge of the mountain although I have doubts I'm standing on this little bit of faith in my heart and it's enough to get the job done doubt says ain't gonna happen you dumb mountains like I ain't gonna move and yet all of heaven backs up that prayer and that mountain what's happening that addiction, that financial stress, that legal issue, that relationship, that impossibility, that sickness, that disease. I'll never move. I'll never. In Jesus' name, be thou removed and cast into the sea. I'm leaning. I am all in on my faith and not my doubts. I dare you to believe today. I dare hear the challenge from the Holy Spirit. I dare you to believe today. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.